Hey everyone, welcome to Soul Path Alignment. I'm Tanya Stupar, your host and guide. Since we have Halloween coming up right around the corner, I wanted to talk about thin times and places in this episode. I'm super pumped to be doing this episode because I know for myself, it was hard for me to believe in magic for most of my life. I was always looking for more, hoping for more in my heart of hearts as I grew older and had a lot of disappointment with how life was turning out for me. I thought that magic was just like a fairy tale, or I don't know, something that happens in stories or movies, or to people in the ancient Hebrew Bible. But I've come to find out that magic is real, and thin times and places help us to have access to it. So bear with me now as I explain the basics. What are thin times and places? And next, I'll get to the really fun stuff of talking about all the thin times and places that I'm aware of and how we can use them. And at the end, I'm going to share one of my own personal experiences around thin times and places. So in Soul Path Alignment, we consider the metaphysical or spiritual existence, basically everything that's not time or space, everything that's outside of what we're able to experience through our five senses. It can be hard for us to even talk about metaphysics because it can't really be referred to as a thing at all or even outside of anything. But most people believe that it exists. Most people believe that we have something like a soul that lives on after our body dies. Metaphysics is inherently mysterious because we don't really have methods for observing or quantifying it and I kind of like it that way because I enjoy a good mystery, feeling curious, solving it. That process of discovery feels exciting to me. If we just knew everything already, where would the fun be in that? So personally, I hope to always be discovering. Also in Soul Path Alignment, we consider that this 3D world that we're living in, our body, time, space, planet Earth, all of this is all just an illusion or like a simulation that we've come into in order to have an experience. Whereas the real reality, the eternal reality, the one that we came from and are going back to is this metaphysical existence that I'm talking about. In Soul Path Alignment, we also explore everything that gets us in touch with the spirit part of ourselves and the universe. Some people call it the higher self or the soul or the oversoul or divine source. Whatever we're calling it, it has really important info for us about the meaning of life, why we're here, what we can get out of it, what will make us feel fulfilled, and hopefully what will get us in touch with our divinity so that we can become supernatural. Wouldn't that be cool? So what I mean when I talk about thin times and places are just those areas of life where it's easier for us to get energetically connected to this metaphysical reality. All right, so first I'm going to talk about thin times. And the very thinnest time of the year is around Halloween, or Samhain, as it's called in Gaelic. This is when the pagans were celebrating the end of harvest season and the beginning of winter, or the darker half of the year. Things die at this time of the year. 
So they were basically recognizing the season of death, but they weren't necessarily celebrating death. Death equals transformation. Some of you might be familiar with the death archetype from tarot. When we're interpreting tarot cards, the death card doesn't mean actual death. The Ten of Swords is the real death card. Whereas the death card means transformation. Like how a caterpillar has to die to its previous form in order to turn into a butterfly. This was a really important festival to the pagans because it was acknowledging the cycle of transformation. And you can probably see how this transformative energy that's all around us during the fall season is talking to us about the eventual death of our body and how we are more than all this. It's talking to us about what needs to fall away in order for us to transform. This death part of the cycle of becoming is a very thin time. And that's also why many different religions and cultures celebrate dead people on the day after Halloween. So this is like All Souls Day for the Catholics or Dia de los Muertos. Again, we are acknowledging our connection to whatever exists outside of this 3D life. The people that we love who have gone on. And another reason why autumn has traditionally been considered a thin time is because of the astrology. The area of the sky between 15 degrees Libra and 15 degrees Scorpio is called the Via Combusta, or the Fiery Road. So this was like bad juju to the ancients, when any planet or astrological body was moving through this part of the sky. And there's a few reasons for this. First of all, the sun and the moon are the two most significant planets in astrology, because they both have such a huge phys physical impact on Earth. And the sun is in fall in Libra. That just means that the quality of sun energy clashes with Libra energies. And so things are not exactly at their easiest when these two energies are conflicting. And then right after Libra season is over, the sun moves into Scorpio, which has been considered to be the most malefic astrological sign for a few reasons, probably partly because of its connection to transformation energy. And that makes people feel uncomfortable. Change isn't usually easy. But also, the moon, the other most important planet, is in fall in Scorpio. And then Mars, the planet associated with war, is in dignity in Scorpio. Its energies do really well there. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with Mars's energy of conflict and confrontation, too. And then another reason why Scorpio gets a bad rap is because there used to be a bunch of malefic stars in that area of the sky. And just for example, still today, there's a really important fixed star called Antares right in the middle of Scorpio. Antares is also associated with conflict and Mars-like energy. People who have important planets conjunct Antares are said to be good fighters, like military generals, that type of thing. So I should clarify, though, I don't think any of these energies are bad. I don't like to look at astrology that way in general. I, have, I view difficult placements and energies as challenges. 
I think we get ourselves into trouble when we try to avoid the uncomfortable parts of cycles and life. I think that thin times are calling us to look closer at some hard ener energies. Things that need to change or drop away from our ego in order for us to get in touch with spirit. It could be relationships. Like when you need to have those hard conversations with people you care about. Or like when you need to have a hard conversation with yourself about a behavior that needs to die in order for you to move on in a better way. Pluto transits are also thin times. To the ancients, Mars was the planet associated with Scorpio, but modern astrologers also associate Pluto with Scorpio. No one even knew that Pluto existed until 1930. In astrology, Pluto is viewed as the planet of transformation. So just as an example, there was a really significant Saturn and Pluto conjunction in January of 2020. And astrologers had all been saying for a while, what's going to happen? What big thing is going to happen? And I don't want to say that nobody was surprised that COVID happened. It was completely nuts. But astrologers weren't surprised that something completely nuts happened. Something that would transform all of society, all over the world. So what this means to us, if we're trying to find the thin times and make use of them, is that we can look to Pluto and the astrological chart. What's it doing in your natal chart? What's Pluto doing now as it's transiting the planets in your natal chart? Pluto can tell you a lot about thin opportunities in your life. Other thin times can be any time that we're going through a big event that triggers transformation inside of ourselves. So this could be like a very difficult trial or hardship, an illness, a breakup, a mental health crisis, a divorce, anything that forces us to have a dark night of the soul or ego death. We're leaving behind what we knew and starting over again. It's like the rug getting pulled out from under you and you're forced to reinvent yourself, whether you like it or not. Transformative times are thin times. So birth and death are also thin times because people are crossing some kind of a barrier between the spiritual and earth realities. And we're witnessing it. We're connected to that energy when it's people that we care about. Another thin time is when we're having a real emotional, romantic, sexual connection with another person. These kinds of emotional partnerships have a way of cracking us wide open, challenging us to find a way to swim through the emotional depths, like a fish or a mermaid, instead of drowning in it. Or like learning how to surf a wave. Sexual energy alone is powerful. And when it's combined with real caring, it becomes something that takes us outside of our own self. I'm not talking about a one-night stand. I'm not even necessarily talking about a committed relationship. Because those can become just like an emotional dead end where there isn't really a soul connection. And actual sex doesn't necessarily need to be involved. I'm talking about when you really give a shit about someone, when you feel like you need that person in order to breathe, 
When the sex is giving you life, the attraction is giving you life. So what's my point here? It's not that we need passionate relationships to connect to intuition, but just that when you're having that experience, no matter how it turns out, even if it's painful or it ends, you can always use these experiences to find yourself, your emotional depths, to connect to your own spirit, because that kind of passion is a thin place. And so the last thin time I'm going to talk about is fasting. And it doesn't have to be literal fasting, but it can be. You can fast also from addictive substances or behaviors. You can fast from anything that feels good and isn't necessarily even bad for you. But basically, you're just taking an intentional break. And the reason why fasting creates a thin time for us is because it forces our conscious mind to take a back seat so that our subconscious, that is everything that we ignore by distracting ourselves with pleasure, finally gets a chance to be heard. So I have a great example of this because I've done a lot of fasting. When you don't eat food for a while and you go a ways past the point of being hungry, everything starts pissing you off because it's like your tolerance for things goes down and everything you put on the back burner comes up to the forefront. Well, that was a lot. I came up with more examples than I thought I would once I really got into listing it all out. Okay, so now let's move on to thin places. Nature in general is a thin place because in it, we're more connected to creation rather than being distracted by the man-made world and pulled into it. Everything is made out of energy and there are some natural places that seem to vibrate with an energy that's more in alignment with source frequency. These places have a sacred quality that people can sense or feel. They're like outdoor cathedrals. Some people describe it like a swirling vortex of energy that has the potential for healing and transformation, or like extra power and acceleration for having visions or mystical experiences. Some of these thin places that seem to be charged with the divine are Sedona and Joshua Tree, and sacred places like Machu Picchu and Stonehenge. And these places make me wonder, were our ancestors recognizing a vortex that existed? Or did they put it there through thousands of years of intention? Maybe both. Okay, so moving on, cemeteries are also thin places. Just think about all of the energy that pours out of people there. Love, letting go, everyone that came and went before us, and thoughts of another existence and whatever's beyond. Even tragedies that we might be exposed to by looking at the tombstones and maybe we've never been through those things before, but the cemetery is bringing all of that to us. And then also dreams are thin places. In our dreams, the conscious mind shuts off and we get to explore the vast, mysterious ocean of the subconscious. In his book, 
dreaming the soul back home. Robert Moss talks about the Native American Huron word, ondanunk, which means the secret wish of the soul as revealed in dreams. He says that the Native people scanned their dreams for clues to the future and messages from the spirit world. And I'm just going to read a passage from the book to give you an idea of how important dreams can be to us if we start to pay attention. He says, this was understood to be the very heart of healing. If we deny the wishes of the soul, then soul will become disgusted and withdraw vital energy from our lives. We'll become prone to illness and misfortune. Following the secret wishes of the soul, on the other hand, can return us to the natural path of our energies and restore vitality, good health, and good fortune. The process can begin right away in a round of dream sharing when we make room to move with the energy of a dream instead of just talking about it. Okay, so dreams are basically a gold mine of thin places that are connecting us to the soul. And now the last thin place I'm going to talk about is our own personal visual cues. So this is like that place where you had your first kiss, or the house you raised your babies in, or a particular thing that reminds you of an energy that once connected you to soul in a powerful way. And I have an example of this for me. It's palm trees. When my oldest son was six years old, he died. He was riding his bike and was run over by a trash truck that was backing out of an alleyway. The moment I found out that he had just been killed, I was looking at a row of palm trees, and I just understood in that instant that they weren't the same palm trees that had been there before. I just understood that people are so important that when someone leaves, the energy of the whole planet changes. And we don't always know. We don't always feel it. But we know if that person was our world. So I don't think that the palm trees were literally different trees, but it really felt to me like the entire energy of the planet had been restructured. Like if everything had disintegrated and was made new. To me, it felt like a fake movie set because it wasn't at all the same world anymore. And then... About 20 years later, I had a really weird thing happen where I was going through some intense relationship stuff. I was just really upset and finding it harder than ever to feel okay. But at the same time, it was changing me. And I had a moment where I was looking out of my bedroom window, completely different house than where my son died. But I had that same feeling like the world wasn't even the same place anymore. And again, I was looking at palm trees outside of my window when it happened. So for me, palm trees are a thin place. They remind me that this world is the illusion and that we can always count on the larger reality of soul path by looking inside of our heart instead of what's around us. So that's it for thin places. I'm sure there are more, but that's what I was able to come up with. And now I want to share about my own experience with thin places, 
like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. I know it probably seemed like the last story was my personal example, but I have an even better one because this was a combination of two thin places and two thin times all at once. So check this out. On Halloween day of 2019, I was camping with my kids in Joshua Tree and I had been fasting from all addictive substances, including caffeine and chocolate for three months. And I was waking up from a nap. So I was just in that liminal space between sleep and awake where I was starting to become conscious. And I saw a vision of a mandala. This had never happened to me before. I had dreams before this, but I never saw an actual image in my field of vision when I was awake. And this was detailed. It was distinct. It was glowing, kind of like a neon sign against black. And it was made out of flower shapes. It was perfectly symmetrical. It was all blues and greens, and it was so beautiful. I just laid there and watched it as I became fully awake, and I didn't want to open up my eyes so that it wouldn't disappear. Eventually, it kind of exploded or dissipated into a starry sky, and then that went away, so I opened my eyes. I didn't know what it meant at the time, but I had some kind of an idea. It seemed to be saying, prepare to have your mind blown. And that's exactly what happened, because two months later is when I started having tons of dreams. I've always had psychic dreams, but this was like I was dreaming on steroids and having more significant dreams. And it's just been a really strong connection for me to my dreams ever since. So I hope that inspires you. And now before I end the episode, I just want to go over some quick thoughts and coaching questions around thin places. So number one, what shadow work is life calling you to face? Which skeletons in the closet? I think it's interesting that all of these spooky Halloween words, death, skeleton, shadows, they all have to do with the dark side of life, basically the opposite of living. But living here is not what any of us are destined to forever. We came here to grow by facing the darkness too. We came here to also experience whatever is not light in life. And we get the most bang for our buck in life whenever we get brave enough to come toe to toe with our own crap that's uncomfortable to face, whatever it is. Usually it's just whatever is now. So what's now for you? Without addiction, without all the superficial, meaningless, self-destructive bullshit. You might even say that now is the thinnest time and place of all. Okay, number two, let's get excited about what's possible. I think of Linus waiting for the great pumpkin. If there ever really was a magical thing to believe in, like Santa Claus, it's the inherent connection that we all have to our own divinity, to our intuition, to real magic. 
And that's what thin times and places have to offer to us. It's like driving a car instead of walking. You get there faster. And third, if you're someone like me, who's really into this kind of witchy shit, you know, like leveling up and seeing what's beyond, then maybe you're thinking about taking your next vacation to a thin place. What will you do to prepare yourself to get connected to intuition before you go so that you can make the most of it? What kind of ceremonies or celebrations or intentional meditations will you do when you get there? And last of all, how do you want to take advantage of this transformative fall energy? What's one small thing that you'd enjoy trying? How can you venerate thin times and places in your holiday celebrating? Which old traditions do you want to bring back? One idea I have is to do a Samhain releasing ceremony. You write down onto strips of paper whatever crap you want to get out of your life, whatever behaviors you want to release, and then burn the papers one by one in a fireplace as you say out loud, what it is that you're releasing. All right, so that's it for Thin Times and Places. I'm wishing everyone a super magical Samhain. I hope you get to visit dead relatives. I hope you share a passionate embrace with your soul lover. I have to interrupt myself because when I say that I want you to visit dead relatives, I mean in this lifetime. I don't mean that I want anybody to die. Okay, I just wanted to be clear on that. <laughs> um, and also, I hope you download some mysteries of the universe. I wish all of that for everyone. Because this isn't really about darkness and shadow work. It's about the magic that comes to us after we go through the transformation. That's totally worth celebrating. And I can tell you firsthand, it's fucking awesome. And please know, if you're into free coaching, you can sign up to download my free ebook. I'm gonna to try to add a link in the podcast description where you can get it. It's called Soul Path Vision. Manifest the future of your wildest dreams with visioning and goal setting. It's gonna tell you step by step how to do the exact kind of visioning that I help people do in coaching. All my best trade secrets at your fingertips for free. Go get it. Thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Tanya Stupar. My website is tanyastupar.com. Love to you all. Bye.